there are four pillars in the in the alchemy of the bread approach. The first one being we work towards non-duality by embracing duality. That's the main uh, point. And then we have the second one: no one can do this work for us except ourselves, which is all has to do with responsibility, taking responsibility for our lives and everything. The third one would be. It is. There is something that wants to happen in any given moment. So it's a, it's a we we have to have a, like an openness or, uh, to to find out what what's to happen in every given moment because the body is constantly giving us giving us signs and pointing out, uh, out directions as well. And the fourth one is uh, embracing the both poles extremes of who we are: light and darkness. Discovering who we are. Discover yeah. Discovering basically who we are. So it's. The, the the four pillars of uh, of, uh, of alchemy of red that sustain somehow the the principles that uh, that we have and that we want to to pass it on. Welcome to the Embodiment Project podcast. I'm Matthew Vandergeesen. Recently, I had a chance to talk with Pedro David, who's involved in marketing and networking for the Embodiment of Breath organization. We've had a wide-ranging conversation about how to connect the different parts of the Embodiment community together and how breath and embodiment connect. Enjoy. Thanks for doing this, Pedro. I really appreciate it. Perhaps you can start by telling me a little bit about how you got into this work and how the story of your connection of it started to uh, unfold for you. I started to work in Alchemy of Red this, this year, in February, to be more precise. Originally, I studied management at the degree, I did the master's. I worked in the field of tourism for several years, but uh, with this COVID thing happening, uh, tourism is not one of the best industries to be in. Yes. Uh, I, I wish I was in the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, but that's not the case. I'm also uh, a neuro-linguistic programmer. Uh, so I took the, the, the... It's one of my fields of research mm. as well, neuro-linguistic programming, because I, I'm a master practitioner and a trainer. I also did uh, generative coaching with Robert Diltz as well. For me, to be fair, breathwork was something new. I had no idea what it was. I was not familiar with breathwork. And I can see that nowadays there's like this boom that really surprises me of, uh, of breathwork. With the breathwork becoming so popular, don't ask me exactly uh, why or how. My own theory is that it's not, it's not difficult. I mean, it's all about the breath. Anyone can do it. It doesn't uh, require the huge postures or huge technique, for example, Tai Chi or Qigong, they are more precise in their approach. I did practice it as well, so I'm familiar with breathwork. People, and specifically what we do around here, people only have to lay down and do the conscious connected breathing for around 30 minutes to one, one, one hour. So this puts the body also in the states of, of stress and liberation and so on and so forth and produces effects of, um, of liberation. When I did it the first time, I was truly impressed because the, the hands shake and everything and um, start to shake. And it's a little bit, I don't know if you're familiar with the holotropic or reverting by Leonard Orr. Mm -hmm. Also, there's a famous individual, which, which is uh, Stig Severinsen, which is like um, Jung's uh, 
breathing records and so on and so forth. So it's Ordain Brulé also, which is also someone very known uh, in the field of uh, breath work, or even the probably the most famous one nowadays, which is Wim Hof, right? But the Wim Hof approach is a little bit different because it deals with the cold and it's it deals a lot with a with a high performance. That's mm-hmm. not the goal around here in conscious connected breathing. It's more to uh, reconnect ourselves with the body and to trauma release and so on and so forth. For you to know a little bit what we do around here and, mm-hmm. and what what this is all about, which I'm still learning, by the way. It's an everyday learning process for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it can be quite a journey. But it sounds like uh, you've really picked up. Um, it's spoken to you. Like it's obviously something that you're finding useful, that you're sticking with. And it sounds like you had a pretty intense uh, entry just with the, the shaking, which doesn't happen with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. and what I also saw on uh, the bit that I went through the website was that there was a surprising amount of synchrony uh, in the language, the principles and the approach to a lot of the way that I see um, my work, you know, mm-hmm. just the, the, the paying attention to sensations, letting experience um, emerge from being present to what's happening um with your experience in this moment and letting when the attention drifts letting knowing that as it comes back that is the place when the opportunity is coming you know that is mm-hmm. you know people so often kick themselves for saying oh my god i was somewhere else but in actual fact at that moment you're being called back to something it's you know so i i i was just quite um quite interested i'm actually working uh, on uh, on what i've on when the way I set my work up, I've found it's useful to look at it through um, nine weeks where people just kind of cycle around, starting with most basic principles of, you know, just noticing yourself and then starting with sensations of surfaces and slowly working through developing kind of a, a, a foundation uh, until at the ninth week, it um, takes, you know, some of the language I see in this work that you're representing is, is, um, is, you know, for example, the ideas of Eugene Gendlin, the, the focusing kind of language. Um, and that in my ninth week, it's kind of looking at all of it through that realm uh, or that prism. And so I happen to be really focusing on that right now. So I really in getting suffused with that particular language. It was interesting to see uh, how much, as I was saying before, how much resonance there mm-hmm. is. Uh, you mentioned focusing. I I'm, I was amazed when I discovered like this. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I had no idea because uh, it relates very much with the NLP work that I do with my clients. Ah. Because the because it's um I mean NLP has a lot of there's no separation between mind and body, right? As as a principle, so it's a it's also a very somatic word, not only linguistic. It's also a somatic word, and I was truly amazed when I started to find out uh, about focusing because it's so simple and at the same time so effective as well. There are four pillars in the in the alchemy of the breath approach. The first one being we work towards non-duality by embracing duality. So that's the main uh, point. And then we have the second one: no one can do this work for us except ourselves, which is also has to do with responsibility, taking responsibility for our lives and attitudes. The third one would be, it is, there is something that wants to happen in any given moment. So 
So it's a, it's a, we, we have to have a, like an openness or, uh, to, to find out what, what's to happen in every given moment because the body is constantly even this giving us signs and pointing out, uh, out directions as well. And the fourth one is uh, embracing the both poles, extremes of who we are. Light and darkness, discovering who we are, discover, yeah, discovering basically who we are. So it's the, the, the four pillars of, uh, of, of alchemy of red that sustain somehow the, the principles that, uh, that we have and that we want to, to pass it on. There's, there's two things that occur to me uh, around this where uh, I see particularly uh, similarities. Uh, one is that I really like um, the idea that it is drawing from many different streams. Like, what are the best practices out there and how can we represent them? I mean, there's many approaches that say, this is all brand new and nobody else has done this the same. And of course, it totally ignores that there's this incredible history of work and contribution that, that brings us to where we are now. And that really all we can do in the end, I, I feel, is is to um, to do our part to help move it forward and to know yeah. where what we are, you know, where we're coming from, what what we're drawing upon, um, helps us do that. Uh, For example, one of the the books that that sustains the course or that you have to read as a student, it's something that's becoming rather popular, you know, Peter Levine, Waking the Tiger. You know? Yes. Uh, because I mean. Uh, now you have the words of Gabor Mate and everything and so on and so forth with the, with the trauma. And it, it seems that we are finally going back to the body, right? So embracing something that was neglected, mainly because of the Greek philosophy, uh, or influence or the Hebrew Catholic influence or the separation or duality. And finally, it seems that we are going back to, to the body where, where the archive of the, the memory, uh, lays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that I think I'm hearing in Alchemy of Breathwork something that I've really come to appreciate, which is that I think our impulse in coming into these kinds of works is to think of it as something which is going to um, make me calmer or make me more trans somehow transcendent, that it's going to take me away from all the the difficulties I'm having with dealing, you know, with with everyday life, the way I get distracted, and and I think what I've ended up noticing in this work is it actually brings us more to how we truly are in this moment, and that in in being present to it, that you know, in the, for example, in the breath work, it's it necessarily it sets that up. If we don't try to manipulate that moment, but just allow what wants to come next then we can let our story unfold more fully that we can mm -hmm. that we can follow our unfolding story and sometimes it can be uh you know if a person's working through trauma sometimes it can be um very difficult but it allows us to be more fully present to ourselves and i think in the end more compassionate to ourselves that from that place then it allows us to be more present to others even if we are struggling we're struggling from the place of being more fully in our process in this moment, and and I I I, um, I know it's it's so common for people and for approaches to um, to to drift away from that to say you you will feel better when you know you will feel more yourself might be more a truth.
Yeah, indeed, uh, the goal is for people to take uh, to take their life back or to take responsibility responsibility for their own emotions to, to becoming autonomous, mm -hmm. right? Um, which it's not always the case in certain works of psychotherapy or psychology because people end up being truly dependent on the on the psychotherapist or on the on the the drugs that they have to take for some some reason and in here it's it's also bringing the the reconnection to to the resources that we all have courage compassion love uh, strength whatever the resource might be to to connect the person with um with to reconnect the person with that because the resource is always there mm -hmm. Just the pathway to reach the resource is, is something different. And, and that uh, through the practice, it moves us towards that, that thing that, uh, that in Hokomi work, they would call it moving us towards right relationship, that, that, that we, we shift how we are in relationship to those unfolding moments and let them happen rather than um, stopping, you know, like the, the, the stopping of the breath, or the, the tensions in our body are kind of the stopping of that unfolding story that that in being there and present, uh, those things were being it doesn't mean they're magically change, but but in the act of being present to them, the relationship changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, very, very nice. Um, the, we also have like the, the meditations as well. Every, every one time a month, every last Friday, I think they have changed that and now it became two times a month, but I cannot confirm you yet. But every last Friday, usually we have the alchemy meditation, which is given by Pablo, which uh, was uh, an Anthony student. Uh, so, uh, it's more than breath work this 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 approach is uh is based on uh, on meditation and it's also a free event that we have mm -hmm. every month although then um if per, if people want they can buy the the course from Pablo because we also have it in the website if you check the the section for the course there might be some 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 course that says alchemy meditation so mm -hmm. that's that's the one it's, uh, Okay. It's it's a it's a course that um, it's already done. So it's uh, Pablo doesn't show up; he's already there. But for the the, the live event alchemy meditation, it happens once a month with uh, with him. Okay. And much of the work of the alchemy meditation is based on the felt sense of Peter Levine. Mm -hmm. So I guess it leads me to this question of you as kind of like the communications and and with a marketing background. Um, what, what are you up to? Like, you know, and, and where are you seeing work like what I'm doing fitting into your outreach, um, efforts? Yeah. Um, one main, one of my main tasks is to build partnerships, um, with people that somehow relate to, to our values, which that means that somehow they do a sort of a similar work or approach. And sometimes it's not a similar work, but the approach is, Roughly the same, be it uh, helping people or healing people or so on and so forth. But healing people not so much because people heal themselves, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but we can we can always be a sort of a bridge or a facilitator. Let's put it this way, if we have to to use words. But I think that is true. That is truly the the 
what this field is all about. I, 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 for example, I work, um, one of the partnerships that I was able to establish was with Embodiment Unlimited. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with it, with them, but they were responsible for the, the conference, uh, of Embodiment uh, that happened, which had like Mark's, half million Mark, people. Mark's, Mark's work. Mark Walsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I deal I deal with them on a weekly to monthly uh, basis because we promote each other courses. For example, I've just promoted I've helped them promote uh, their sleep course uh, now next for audience. For example, I was responsible for uh, structuring the email, everything, generating the links, and sending it out to toward for audience. Uh, as I did with the ethical marketing and so on and so forth. So Embodiment Unlimited has been a, a partnership that has been going on since, uh, March this year. So I've been, I've been, I was, I'm the main responsible for dealing with them here in Alchemy of, uh, of Red. And usually they also promote our own courses like the Quantum Shift, uh, which is, um, a three day event that happens four times, um, uh, a year. Um, that they have promoted as well. Um, so yeah, that's mainly what I, what I'm searching for also for partnerships with, uh, with people that want or feel like they want to promote the, or, um, or courses next to their, their, their audience. If they feel that makes sense as well. So what I'm hearing is, is that your vision for your contribution has really been to network out with like people like Mark Walsh and the community that he's building, uh, but to really start to kind of network um, the community of sensory-based, embodiment-based uh, awareness practices so, so that they, they um, work together a little bit more and understand what each other are doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, one of my goals this year is to try to come up with a sort of a webinar or at even a small course with uh, with Mark uh, or with someone of his team to to combine both Alchemy of Red and uh, Embodiment Unlimited. So it's one of my goals. Uh, there are so much things going on with Alchemy of Red at the time that I don't know if it will be be possible. But I'm I'm in contact con constant touch with uh, with a member from Embodiment Unlimited, and I already said that by October. Or September, I would like to build a sort of a webinar because it would be really nice, in my opinion, to combine uh, someone from the field of embodiment and someone from the field of uh, breath work, so that they can come with um, with with ideas and to to deliver that mm -hmm. to the to the audience, to the people. So that that's one of the things that I want to work uh, with Embodiment Unlimited uh, this uh, this year. I'm quite struck. Like you, you really got a vision here of where you can take this forward. It's 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 uh, it's impressive. Good for you. Well, thank you for this. No, thank you very much, Matt. It was a was a pleasure. Yeah. Okay, well, way beyond the the alchemy of bread because I'm not only the alchemy of bread. I'm also an individual uh, person that has a huge interest in these issues because I work them with my own clients. I have my mm. own website as well. Uh, I have my own coaching sessions and I'm always eager to learn more that that works basically. Uh, as uh, I, I always have in my mind what, the words of Richard Bandler, one of the founders of NLP, the best technique is the one that works, mm. period.
Um, yeah, so it was a pleasure to, to talk with you also. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Embodiment Podcast. If you want to hear more about alchemy of breath, you can find links in the show notes. You can find out more about the Somatics Institute and the Embodiment Project by going to somatics.ca and you'll find all the appropriate links. Until next time.